Welcome back to the award-winning NPR podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm here with my co-host Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to discuss. Rethinking model evaluation as narrowing the socio-technical gap. That's right, Tom. We're diving into the world of artificial intelligence and its impact on our society. Specifically, We'll be exploring a paper titled Rethinking Model Evaluation as Narrowing the Socio-Technical Gap. It's an abstract and thought-provoking topic that addresses the challenges of evaluating large language models, LLMs, in today's fast-paced technological landscape. Absolutely. Jen, the development of generative and large language models has presented new challenges for Researchers and industries alike. These versatile models have the potential to power a wide range of applications. But they also pose the risk of homogenization. In other words, using a single general purpose model for various tasks may neglect specific human needs in different use cases. That's where model evaluation practices come in. This position paper argues that evaluation methods should play a critical role in addressing the challenges and responsibilities brought about by this homogenization. By drawing on lessons from social sciences, human-computer interaction, HCI, and explainable AI, XAI, the authors advocate for evaluation methods that are based on real-world socio-requirements. And let's not forget about the importance of diverse evaluation methods. While traditional metrics like lexical matching have been used in natural language generation, NLG, evaluation, they may fall short when it comes to measuring the complexity and context dependency of these models' outputs. Human evaluation is often used as well but has faced criticism for its lack of standardization and reproducibility. You're absolutely right, Tom. Evaluating these models requires careful consideration of context realism and human requirement. Realism. It's a delicate balance between capturing real-world socio-requirements and the practical costs of conducting evaluations. The paper proposes that we can learn valuable lessons from fields like explainable AI and human-computer interaction to help bridge this socio-technical gap. Exactly. Jen, by studying people's needs, values, and activities in downstream use cases of these models, we can better understand how to develop evaluation methods that meet those needs. The paper explores the concept of the socio-technical gap and how narrowing it can lead to more effective evaluation practices. Throughout the episode, we'll also dive into relevant lessons from explainable AI and human-computer interaction, discovering how these fields have tackled similar evaluation challenges. We'll discuss the different levels of evaluation methods proposed by experts in the field and explore their applicability to large language models. And let's not forget about the broader implications of model evaluation in our society. As these models become increasingly powerful and widely used, there is a responsibility to ensure their effectiveness for diverse use cases. 
Evaluating models should not only focus on technical performance but also consider their impact on stakeholders and society at large. It's going to be an exciting and informative discussion today. Tom, we hope you all join us as we explore this paper's insights into rethinking model evaluation as a way to narrow the socio-technical gap. So grab your favorite beverage and get ready for another thought-provoking episode. That's right, Jen. And remember, if you have any questions or comments during our discussion, feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or email us at podcast at npr.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Stay tuned for more after this short break. Outro music plays. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our NPR podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion on rethinking model evaluation as narrowing the socio-technical gap, be sure to like and subscribe to our show for more thought-provoking content. And if you have any topics or papers you'd like us to cover in future episodes, reach out to us on social media or through email. We want to hear from you, our listeners. That's right, Jen. Until next time. Keep questioning, keep learning, and stay curious. This is Tom and Jen signing off. Thanks for listening. Upbeat music playing. Hey there, podcast peeps. Are you tired of the same old boring bubble baths? Well, get ready to have your mind blown with Bubblusion Inc. The absolute wildest wackiest bubble bath experience you'll ever have. Picture this, unicorns frolicking through rainbow-colored bubbles while singing show tunes. That's right folks, we've got unicorn-powered bubbles. And if that doesn't blow your mind enough, how about a bubble bath with disco lights and a live DJ spinning chart-topping hits? Get your groove on while getting squeaky clean. But wait, folks, there's more. Bubblution Inc. has invented flavors for your bubbles too. Want to enjoy the refreshing taste of mint chocolate chip while bathing? We've got it covered. Or how about bacon-scented bacon bubbles? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, be a conception in every tub. Just imagine going to work smelling like you dove head first into a plate of sizzling hot pancakes. Topped off with maple syrup-scented bubbles. It's breakfast meets hygiene heaven. Jen, whispering dramatically, dare we mention our secret special edition soap line infused with laughter-inducing tickles? Tom, laughing, oh boy Jen, that's taking bubbly bliss to another level. I almost want them not just for bath time but all day long, Jen. Giggling. Can you imagine laughing uncontrollably at boring staff meetings or when Aunt Edna tells her 15th cat story during Thanksgiving dinner? Tom chuckles. Hilarious hygiene hijinks aside folks get yourself some Bublution Inc.'s magical bubble baths. Today and turn ordinary cleanliness into an extraordinary adventure. Both together. In energetic voiceover. Burst those boring baths away with Bublution Inc. It's bublicious. It's bonkers. It's B-U-B-B-L-U-S-I-O-N. Remember to use the promo code BUB.
Closing music. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning NPR podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into. We'll be exploring the world of automated driving and how it impacts our comfort and well-being. That's right, Jen. In this paper titled Simulating Vibration Transmission and Comfort in Automated Driving Integrating Models of Seat, Body, Postural Stabilization, and Motion Perception, Researchers from Delft University of Technology in the Netherlands present biomechanical models that capture vibration transmission from the seat to our bodies and heads. The goal of this research is to enhance motion comfort in automated driving. As we know, automated vehicles are becoming more prevalent, promising safer and more comfortable transportation experiences. Absolutely. Imagine being able to engage in other activities while your car does the driving. It's a game changer for those who want to work or relax during their commutes. That's true. But there are challenges to overcome. Level 2 automation systems, which include features like adaptive cruise control and lane keeping assistance, still require human supervision for safety reasons. And even driverless shuttles tested on public roads often have a safety steward on board because users don't feel completely safe without human supervision. So, comfort becomes a crucial factor in the acceptance of automated driving. The researchers behind this paper recognize that we need to resolve or minimize discomfort to create a positive perception of using automation. Absolutely. And there are many factors that contribute to comfort in automated driving, such as vehicle motion, visual context, seating systems, posture, seat pressure, sound, and climate. One particular concern is self-driving car sickness. While active drivers rarely experience motion sickness, it affects two-thirds of passengers, especially when they take their eyes off the road. This has prompted the emergence of a new research field focused on motion comfort in automated driving. The researchers propose the use of biomechanical models that capture body motion and motion comfort. These models integrate sensory integration models that predict motion perception and motion sickness accumulation using the head motion predicted by biomechanical models. To achieve this, the researchers have developed an efficient full-body model that can operate in real-time. This model captures translational and rotational motions of the trunk and head in response to seat movements in three dimensions, fore-aft, lateral, and vertical. They've also adapted sensory conflict models to predict conflicts between expected and sensed motion, which can lead to motion sickness. These models consider factors like vestibular, related to our inner ear, and visual perception. It's fascinating how they're combining these different models to gain a deeper understanding of how perceived comfort depends on various factors like vehicle motion, visual context, seating systems, and individual differences. That's right. 
and their ultimate goal is to use this knowledge to design effective vehicle automation systems that can cater to a wide range of driving conditions non-driving tasks and individual needs it's important work because ensuring comfort in automated driving is essential for its widespread acceptance by addressing discomfort and creating a positive perception of automation we can truly unlock the potential of this technology absolutely and researchers are continuing to refine their models and validate them in realistic on road conditions including automated driving scenarios it's exciting to see how our understanding of human comfort is evolving with advancements in technology automation has the potential not only to enhance safety but also revolutionize our travel experiences well said jen this research offers valuable insights into how we can make automated driving more comfortable for everyone and with that we'll wrap up today's episode as always thanks for tuning into our npr podcast we hope you found this topic as fascinating as we did stay curious stay informed and we'll catch you next time closing music upbeat music playing hey there podcast pals have you ever wondered where goblins go to get their beards styled like a true fashion statement well wonder no more because we have the answer for you the one and only goblin beards giggly grooming where goblins get the most stylish beards in town that's right folks goblin beards is not your ordinary barber shop they specialize in transforming those unruly patches of facial hair into spectacular works of art just picture it goblins strolling down the street with their beards flowing like majestic waterfalls and goblin beard himself is a true maestro when it comes to beard sculpting He'll take those pesky whiskers and turn them into whimsical masterpieces that will leave everyone chuckling with delight. From braided mustaches that spell out hilarious jokes to rainbow-dyed chin whiskers that stun all your friends at parties, Goblin Beard's giggly grooming guarantees you'll never have a boring beard day again. But wait, there's more. If you visit Goblin Beard's today and mention our podcast, Tom whispering hilarious whisker wisdom jen whispering back hilarious whisker wisdom tom coughs tom and jen in unison you'll receive an exclusive discount on any beard style of your choice jazzy fanfare plays so goblin listeners out there don't let those untamed tangles pull down your style game head over to goblin beard's giggly grooming today Where goblins come for laughs as well as style, both hosts together laughing because nothing says fashion like a giggling goblin beard. Music fades out. Well, that was certainly a unique experience. You bet. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning NPR podcast. I'm Tom and I'm Jen. Today, we're discussing a fascinating topic, human-aligned calibration for AI-assisted decision-making. Now, 
Before you start thinking this is too complicated, stay with us because we'll break it down and make it easy to understand. That's right, Jen. So let's dive in. When we talk about AI-assisted decision-making, we mean using artificial intelligence algorithms to help humans make decisions in various domains. Exactly, Tom. But here's the thing, when an AI system provides a prediction or recommendation, it usually comes with a confidence value indicating the system's level of certainty about that prediction. And that's where human-aligned calibration comes in. It's all about making sure that these confidence values align with how humans would assess the same predictions. Right. Because if the confidence values provided by the AI system are calibrated finely enough to align with human judgment of those predictions, then there is better trust and understanding between humans and AI systems. Absolutely. And this can have a significant impact on decision-making processes across various industries such as healthcare, finance, and law enforcement. Definitely. Tom. Now let's talk about how human-aligned calibration works in practice. In a recent research paper titled Human-Aligned Calibration for AI-Assisted Decision-Making, researchers propose an approach that involves two steps. The first step is called pre-calibration, where historical data is used to create bins or confidence intervals for probabilistic predictions made by an AI model. This helps discretize the continuous range of confidence into meaningful categories. Right. The second step is called calibration itself and involves mapping each predicted confidence interval onto an equivalent interval based on how humans would rate their own judgments if they were making the predictions. And by aligning these predicted confidence intervals with human judgments, we can improve the accuracy and reliability of AI-assisted decision-making. Absolutely. Tom, this approach bridges the gap between AI systems and human decision-makers by ensuring that their confidence levels are well calibrated and aligned. And the exciting thing is that this research opens up new possibilities for building better systems that can truly assist humans in making informed decisions. That's right, Tom. Human-aligned calibration is not only about improving performance but also about building trust and transparency between humans and AI systems. Well said, Jen. So, as we wrap up this episode, we hope you've gained a better understanding of the importance of human-aligned calibration for AI-assisted decision-making. We'll be back soon with more thought-provoking topics from the world of technology and beyond. Thanks for listening. Stay curious and keep exploring. See you next time on our NPR podcast. Upbeat music playing. Hey there, folks. Have you ever wished you could add a little extra sparkle to your life? I know I have, Tom. And guess what? Our podcast today is sponsored by Crystal Blitz Co. Oh yes, Jen. Brace yourselves because Crystal Blitz County is here to unleash electrifying magic into your everyday existence. That's right, Tom. Picture this. 
You're sitting at home on a rainy day and suddenly, boom, a blinding flash of light as crystallized thunderbolt strikes down into your living room. Whoa, the excitement doesn't end there. With Crystal Blitz Co's whimsical crystals, you can transform mundane moments into something truly extraordinary. Feeling bored with your morning coffee? Sprinkle some crystallized thunderbolt and watch it turn into a caffeinated lightning storm in your mug. Tired of regular old popcorn at movie night? Just sprinkle some magical crystals on top and voila. Popcorn that pops like fireworks. Jen. Need an extra spark for date night? Add our enchanting crystals to the wine bottle. Trust me. Those romantic sparks will be flying in no time. Tom. And if you really want to impress the neighbors at that boring barbecue party, just toss some off. These mystical gems onto the grill, expect fireworks like never before. Figuratively speaking. Jen. So don't wait any longer to inject pure wizardry into every aspect of your life. Head over to Crystal Blitz County today and grab yourself a jar full of electrifying magic. Tom. Unleash the power within those dazzling crystals, because ordinary just became obsolete. Both. In unison. Crystal Blitz Company, where whimsy meets thunderbolts. Cheerful jingle plays. Back to another episode of Podcast Name. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic to dive into the uncanny valley phenomenon and its connection to virtual characters. That's right, Jen. We'll be discussing a recent scientific paper titled Investigating the Uncanny Valley Phenomenon. Through the Temporal Dynamics of Neural Responses to Virtual Characters by Chiara Gorlini, Lawrence Dixon, and Paolo Burelli, this paper takes a closer look at how our brains process and respond to virtual characters that appear almost human-like but not quite. The uncanny valley phenomenon is that feeling of unease or eeriness we experience when interacting with characters that look almost real but still fall short in some way. It was first theorized by Masahiro Mori in 1970 and has since been observed in various contexts, like humanoid robots and video games. Absolutely, Jen. And this phenomenon can have a significant impact on our immersion and enjoyment when playing video games. So understanding its cognitive and perceptual origins is crucial for game designers and developers. Definitely. The paper discusses how previous studies on the uncanny valley mainly relied on self-reported scales of uncanny feeling, which can be subjective and influenced by individual preferences and biases. That's where this study stands out. The researchers collected both self-reported feedback and EEG data to gain a more comprehensive understanding of the uncanny valley phenomenon. EEG stands for electroencephalography, which is a non-invasive method used to record electrical activity in the brain. By analyzing EEG data, researchers can study how our brains process visual information and form emotional connections with virtual characters. Exactly. Jen. 
The paper also highlights that studying the temporal dynamics of neural responses through ERPs event-related potentials can provide valuable insights. ERPs are specific peaks in the brain's electrical activity that reflect different stages of information processing. And in this study, the researchers focused on two ERP components, the N170 and N400. The N170 is associated with processing human faces, while the N400 is related to semantic incongruities. Right. By analyzing these ERP components, the researchers aimed to uncover the cognitive processes and mechanisms underlying the uncanny valley phenomenon. And they conducted a two-step study, starting with a questionnaire to collect self-reported responses to different virtual characters. Then, in the second phase, they exposed participants to validated stimuli while monitoring their EEG responses. This comprehensive approach allowed them to connect subjective measurements with objective neural responses and investigate different hypotheses about the origins of the uncanny valley. Sounds fascinating. Tom, I can't wait to dive deeper into this paper and learn more about how our brains respond to virtual characters that toe the line between real and artificial. Absolutely. Jen. It's a complex topic but one that we'll break down in an intuitive way for our listeners. So stay tuned for an enlightening episode exploring the temporal dynamics of neural responses to virtual characters and investigating the mysterious uncanny valley phenomenon. That's right. Join us next time on Podcast Name as we delve into this intriguing study. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay curious. Upbeat music playing. Hey, welcome back to the NPR podcast. We have a special sponsor today, Bubblegum Delusions Inc. They'll blow your mind. Literally. That's right. Tom, if you're tired of ordinary gum that just freshens your breath, then get ready for a hilarious trip into Bubblegum Delusions' crazy world. Imagine this. You are chewing their double bubble blast flavor and suddenly find yourself skydiving with squirrels wearing tiny parachute backpacks. Or picture this, one bite of their cosmic cherry chew and you become the star of an intergalactic dance-off on Mars. It's like, so you think you can moonwalk out there. And let's not forget about their wild watermelon wackadoo flavor. One chew transports you to a magical land where unicorns perform synchronized swimming routines in chocolate pudding pools. Honestly, I don't know how they come up with these ideas. Is there some kind of genius bubblegum scientist locked away in a secret lab? Maybe it was too many bubbles popped while brainstorming. But hey, we're not here to question the magic. We're here to spread it. So grab a pack of bubblegum delusions today and escape reality with each chew. Warning though, be prepared for unexpected adventures and uncontrollable giggles. Your imagination might reach levels never thought possible before. So remember folks, when life gets boring or predictable, pop in some bubblegum delusions and give your day an extra spark. Or maybe even an extraterrestrial twist. 
Music fades out. Announcer. In soothing voice. Bubblegum delusions, where normal taste goes absurdly extraordinary. Asterisk available at select retailers near you. Side effects may include laughter-induced hiccups and occasional snot laughter. Chew responsibly. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming, Strange Animal Mating Habits. Always a riveting topic for our listeners. Hi there and welcome back to another episode of our award-winning NPR podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. We are so excited to dive into today's topic, which is all about generative user experience research for developing domain-specific natural language processing applications. Now, I know that might sound like a mouthful, but don't worry. We're going to break it down and make it easy to understand. That's right. Tom, user experience, or UX, is such an important part of how we interact with technology. It focuses on making systems intuitive, transparent, simple and trustworthy for users. But when it comes to machine learning and natural language processing applications, there's often a data-driven approach that doesn't always prioritize the needs of the users. Absolutely. And that's where generative UX research comes in. It's a methodology that integrates user experience research into the development of domain-specific NLP applications. By involving domain experts from the very beginning and throughout the development process, we can create more tailored and user-driven applications. Exactly. And in this episode, we'll be exploring a paper titled Generative User Experience Research for Developing Domain-Specific Natural Language Processing Applications by Anastasia Zhukova et al. They propose a methodology that combines data and user-driven approaches to develop NLP applications that truly meet the needs of users within specific domains. That's right, Jen. And in this paper they provide detailed case study where they apply this methodology in developing a domain-specific semantic search application for daily operations in process industry. It's fascinating how involving domain experts from the beginning not only increases their trust and interest in final application but also helps uncover opportunities and constraints that are crucial for NLP applications within narrow domains. Absolutely. And as always we'll be breaking down key concepts and explaining them in intuitive way. So even if you're not familiar with world of UX or NLP, you'll come away with solid understanding of how generative UX research can make a difference. So grab your favorite mug of coffee or tea. Sit back and get ready to learn about generative user experience research for developing domain-specific natural language processing applications. Let's dive in. Upbeat music playing. Hey there listeners. We interrupt this hilarious podcast to bring you a message from our sponsor. Cosmic Crooners. That's right. Tom, are you tired of the same old radio stations and ordinary singers? Well, buckle up because Cosmic Crooners is here to take your ears on an intergalactic joyride. 
Picture this. Folks, you are drifting in space. Sipping on some rocket fuel. I mean coffee. Suddenly, a voice from light years away serenades you with the smoothest tunes imaginable. And let me tell you folks. These crooner knots are out of this world. They've got singers from every alien species imaginable. Caterwauling kitties from K99 Planet and Sax playing amoebas from JAZZTON5. Not only that but if the crooning isn't enough for you cosmic connoisseurs out there, they even have holographic 3D performances. It's like having Frank Sinatra as your personal hologram on Jupiter's moon. Cosmic crooners also guarantees that their songs will transport any earthling or extraterrestrial to a state of pure bliss. Just listen. A distant singing sound fades in. Singer. In an ethereal voice. Fly me to the moon. Whoa. I'm feeling lighter already. Jen. Whispering. Tom. Put down my stapler. No floating around just yet. Tom. Struggling. Sorry. Can't help it. I feel so ethereal. Jen smacks him lightly back down to reality. Jen. Chuckling. Alright buddy. Save it for later. Tom. Regaining composure. Anyway folks if you want to wiggle those antennae or boogie with your tentacles, head over to CosmicCrooners.com and subscribe today. So, remember listeners, if you're looking for an out-of-this-world musical experience that's truly otherworldly.